good, Sean. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for uh, taking the time to talk. I'm, this is probably one of my most anticipated movies of the year. We're talking about the integrity of Joseph Chambers with the star, Clayne Crawford. And uh, Clayne, for me, you and Robert Matroyan working together on The Killing of Two Lovers, it was my number one movie of the year that that came out. Uh, first of all, talk about reteaming with him. You know, look, we were, Robert and I had been trying to make a film for 10, 15 years. You know, Robert had always... Uh, he was a DP, and he desperately kind of wanted to direct on his own, um, outside of his partner Rod. And you know, we we again we had a little success from the Killing of Two Lovers, and most importantly, it was just more confidence building uh, from the standpoint of we were proud of the film that we had made. We we knew that it was uh, it was doable, um, so to speak. You know, on a on a budget that we could actually be able to afford. Um, so we. COVID kind of hit, you know, right as The Killing of Two Lovers was having its uh, its run, and we all kind of sat around for a while, and I personally just got extremely itchy and um, was tired of, you know, day drinking and watching Netflix, so I just said, look, I called a couple of friends together, called Robert first, and said, hey, let's take that idea that we had had, because this was originally... We were working with HBO before COVID. Uh, Melissa Bernstein, who I worked with at Rectify, she's at HBO now, and we've been talking about this as a miniseries. Um, and then when everything kind of hit, everything, the you know, the breaks kind of came on, and we just revisited this piece of material and looked at that what was essentially the first episode of a seven, eight part series. And we just kind of both felt that there was a, there was a film here, um, a small film, you know, obviously, but something that we could do during COVID and kind of pull everyone together as it relates to resources and talent. Um, so we did that, and we shot it all in my little town here in Birmingham, Alabama, and with the help of my wife and my family and friends, we were able to knock this thing out. That's a that's terrific! Wow, what a what a great way to to make a movie in that in that in that kind of setting with your with your so many people close to you or around you that had to be a great way to make a movie. Look, there's enough. I, I love what I do so very much, and then to share that with the people you care about and love, it it, it, it was so rewarding. Um, and I mean, look, my children play my kids in the movie. Hmm. You know, I, 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 what a great opportunity. And it gives them the chance to see if this is something that they're interested in, if they want to pursue it. Um, and again, just the love that surrounds that type of experience, uh, it, it's super rewarding, to say the least. The premise of this is really a grabber. You play an insurance salesman who's moved to a new town. You decide to, you're, you decide because of the, uh, I guess a thought about the potential for an apocalypse that you're going to learn how to support your family by hunting, but you've never been hunting before. And then it sort of takes off from there. Well, you know, I think it's essentially you've got a guy who's born and raised in an urban environment. He's met his wife. They've lived there successfully in whatever this small city is in, some, in somewhere America. And I think like a lot of us, they got to a point where they were maybe a little uncertain of the trajectory of this country or this planet, and they kind of felt that they wanted to get back to a more simpler life, so they uh, they moved to his wife's small town. And I think when he moves to this small town, he realizes what defines a man where he was born and raised and what defines a man in this part of the world uh, is a little different. And he realizes that he doesn't have the skill set necessary if indeed he had to provide for his family. So I think he's desperate to kind of not only fit in, but to gain that knowledge of if something 
catastrophic happened, how was he going to survive, you know, when all he really knows how to navigate is his BMW and his iPhone? Um, so that's where, you know, we kind of find this story is we find him and his wife kind of having a disagreement about this because he's getting up and going hunting. And you see that he's bought him a brand-new hunting outfit, you know, and he looks like he's on the cover of J. Crew magazine, and hmm. he's cut him a mustache out of his beard, and he's just ready to go out there and be this guy. And he has these these dreams of grandeur of kind of what the experience is going to look like. And um, and then once he's in the situation, the, the reality kind of unfolds, and it's quite tragic. That uh, potent combination of uh, male insecurity and, uh, you know, ideas of what masculinity is. You've done such an amazing job of deconstructing that, especially in the, in the killing of two lovers. And now, again, you seem to be exploring those same ideas here. Yeah, I think for me as an actor, you know, I've been quite limited on the opportunities that I've had simply because of just my presence, um, the way that I kind of approach work. Um, I, I play a lot of bad guys. I play the heavy. I play the guy who, in a lot of ways, has it figured out. Um, and for me, doing the killing of two lovers, uh, I was forty when we made when we made that, and I was at a turning point in my career where I just wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I'd always wanted to play more of a vulnerable guy. I just thought there was more meat on the bone, so to speak, uh, from a performance standpoint. And having uh, David from The Killing be accepted the way that it was and people enjoyed that performance. I was really curious to kind of even delve deeper, especially as it relates to firearms, because I've always played a guy um, who's quite, you know, sophisticated when it comes to weaponry. And I just, I was I was curious if I could kind of push that all aside and I could be this, this novice in this environment and almost approach it like a 12-year-old, you know, who's kind of in the woods by himself. Um, and, and that was, I guess, the motivation to play these guys while kind of tackling, as you kind of mentioned, what defines a man these days. And I, I think it's a little, I think it is geographic. Um, I think it's different from community to community. Um, but I think it's something that we as men are all kind of trying to define ourselves. Absolutely. I mean, I can, I can relate immediately. I couldn't possibly handle a gun. I've never handled a gun in my entire life. And uh, just watching the trailer for the movie and watching the way your character Joseph is handling a weapon, it reminded me a lot of how I might be in that situation. You know, there's a scene where my character is walking, is trying to get up into a deer stand, and my father cannot watch it sitting down. And he has seen this movie probably four times, and it makes him so nervous uh, because of the way I'm handling that rifle. He is just confident I'm about to blow my head off. Um, so I think it, I think that was part of creating tension and also kind of playing with the audience in a bit to where you see this guy who seems to be just this a little bit of, you know, an idiot and when it comes to being out here with this rifle. And I think at times we wanted to create the illusion that maybe he was in danger and that there was something stalking him and that there was maybe a, a, an evil presence that was possibly in the force. And then you begin to realize he's the monster. Mm. Of course, uh, with what's happened recently in other films, there's been a lot of focus on, on gun safety on the sets of movies. Talk about what that was like for you here. I mean, obviously you're dealing with a guy who doesn't know how to handle a gun and you have to play that, but you also have to make sure that that's done very, very safely. You know, I feel like almost everything I've done has had a weapon in it. Um, I have, I, I certainly have been the guy that has had a weapon in my hands, and I've gone through a lot of training 
a lot of boot camps. Um, but as I kind of mentioned before, I, I grew up where, you know, for my 12th birthday, I was given a rifle. Um, I, I can't remember going hunting by myself with my couple of buddies without having a rifle, you know, and we all had such a deep respect for the weapon and its dangers. And so for me, set has always been a very safe place as it relates to firearms because there is such an incredible protocol in place, whether it's the armor who is, has a high skill set and usually a military background. Uh, he or she is bringing the weapon to set. Uh, it is met by the prop department, who they are checking to make sure that that weapon is cleared and safe. I hear down the line, clear, weapon clear. It then is made to the AD department. The AD department, I'm hearing them check the weapon. They're checking it themselves. They're seeing a flashlight shown through the barrel to make sure that it is clean. clean. There's nothing obstructing the, the barrel in any way. I hear weapon clear, and then I'm handed that weapon. Um, and this is, again, protocol that I've experienced in my 20 years. And then when that weapon is put into my hands because of my experience and what my father put into me, right, and, and, and hammered into me, is that you do not handle a weapon unless you understand fully of its capabilities, yeah. right? And you certainly never pointed at anything that is living until you have a clear understanding of those capabilities. So when I have handed a weapon, I clear it, and then I make sure that I've let everyone know clear weapon. So, again, there's just a chain that as long as that's not broken, there should never be an issue. So mm -hmm. I tried to bring that same that same uh, model to my film to where, A, there's no live rounds ever near set, first and foremost. Um, but just as a protocol so that we all felt safe, um, we went through the same process where I have a clear weapon, I show everyone, we have that discussion, and if anyone wants to check the weapon before we shoot, I want to make sure that that's open because a happy, comfortable set is a safe set. Well, Clayne Crawford, I am looking forward to seeing this movie. Like I said, after after what you guys did with The Killing of Two Lovers, which is such an incredible film, uh, The Integrity of Joseph Chambers is one of my most anticipated movies of the year. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Have a wonderful day.